continue our daily Bible reading for this Thursday. We are in Isaiah chapter 51. Let me read my commentary to you in my Bible because it's a good introduction to this chapter. Um, we've noticed in, in uh, this in Isaiah, it, it, there's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of God pleading with his people, pleading with them to come back. There's a lot of repetition with God's people straying away from him, not too different from our life uh, too. Uh, we'd like to think that our lives is just a spiritual, uh, 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 you know, beautiful incline where every day we just get better and better and better, but we know our lives go like this and this, and our faith goes like this and this. Look at the lives of the disciples. Look at, you know, Peter strong as, as can be at one point, then sinking like a rock at another point. Look at Thomas uh, with his struggles and, and difficulties in faith. Look at all the disciples running away from Jesus as he goes into Gethsemane, but then um, uh, then coming back after the resurrection. So this is, uh, this is the pattern of our lives, but thank God that God continues to come after us. So here's the words of the commentary. We may think that God has spoken enough words of comfort through his prophet. However, God knows how slow of heart to believe we are, those who seek the Lord, uh, even those whom he calls his own people and who know his righteousness. Therefore, in this chapter, God pleads for faith in his power to redeem. Four times in the chapter, he calls him to listen to him. Um, so check those words in verse 1, in verse 4, in verse 7, and also in verse 21 towards the end of the chapter. Um, so we hear God's call to us, and here's the, you know, here's the hound of heaven uh, uh, coming after us. Here's Jesus saying in the parable, he's like a shepherd who has a hundred sheep and loses one and goes crazy till he finds it, or like the woman who has ten coins and loses one of them and sweeps the whole house. And then both of them, when they find what, what had been lost, they celebrate for it. That's a picture of God for us. That parable is about, is about us and, and about God's relationship to us. So let's get into the chapter. So God starts out with those wonderful words of listen. And again, just think of Jesus who said he has ears to hear, let him hear when he did a, an important teaching. Uh, because oftentimes we don't really hear it kind of goes over our head or we're, we're listening to something else or we're distracted by the world. It's like the soils that the, that the seed goes on. Um, and here's a good example of it. So God says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. If you're trying to do that on your own, you're not, this isn't going to happen. What do we need to do? What's he say? Look to the rock. And rock is always about God. I remember as a kid uh, watching uh, the Prudential commercials and seeing that rock comes on. And you remember what the slogan was? Get a piece of the rock. Well, you and I have a piece of the rock. This is the rock of Jesus Christ, who is the foundation, the cornerstone the solid rock that we're built upon. Think about the parable that Jesus told about the foolish man who built his house upon the sand, the wise man who built his house upon the rock. All those images come in there. And he says, remember your history. So here, witness your history. Think of Abraham and Sarah who were just, Abraham was just one person until God came and he multiplied him. Uh, the Lord is the one, verse 3, who comforts Zion. So Zion being symbolic of God's people, Zion being the mountain on which Jerusalem is built, and Jerusalem being uh, the picture of God's people too in this kind of prophetic language. Remember, Jerusalem means city of peace. You and I know peace because we know that peace through Jesus Christ and that gift. Um, so the God comforts his people. 
He makes her wilderness like Eden. In other words, God takes the wilderness of our life and he's the one that can produce good fruit. And ultimately in the end, we will be in paradise restored and in Eden restored uh, in heaven. So God calls again, verse four, give attention to me, my people. So we know who he's talking to. And he says, I will set my justice for a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near. My salvation comes out. I judge the peoples. And here's the way you need to think of it. God judge, judges us by faith. The righteous will live by faith. Abraham was righteous because he trusted God. Um, so we want this kind of judge uh, who will judge us by faith. Now, if you reject God, then you're going to be held accountable for all of your sins. But if you don't, you get God's righteousness. Paul says that's a righteousness that's put on us. It's imputed to us by faith in Jesus Christ, and he wins salvation. Um, so he says in verse 6, so lift up your eyes to the heavens um, and look at the, at the earth below. And what he means by that is what's created here. Anything in, in this world um, is going to be gone. He says it's going to vanish like smoke. But here's the wonderful gospel, but at the end of verse six, but my salvation will last forever. That's why you store up treasures in heaven, not here on this earth. Verse seven, he says again, listen to me, you who know righteousness, the peoples in, in whose heart is my law. In other words, my teachings, fear not the reproach of men. So don't be worried about what men can do. You can hear Jesus saying that to us. Don't be afraid of what, what man can do. Fear rather the one who can send both body and soul uh, to hell. And of course, we fear God, but fear God in a good way. Fear him in that we know what his power is, but also being in awe of his creation and of his great love for us. Because as he says in verse 8, but my righteousness will be forever, as opposed to everything else that's going to be like a vapor and vanish and be gone. So he calls us again in, so this is us talking in verses 9 and 11, because sometimes it seems like God is asleep. Think of uh, Jesus in the boat with the disciples and he's asleep there. And they come to him and they say, Jesus, don't you care if we perish? Well, God never sleeps. He's never. And Jesus was right there for them. So we cry out to him, awake and wake. Put on your strength, oh God. Show your power to us. Look at the ways you've shown that in the past. God, we've seen the way you've taken away, taken care of our enemies, Rahab, um, and also the way that you, you brought us uh, glory and peace in the past in verse 11 there. And God responds in verse 12. He says, I am he. In other words, I am always awake. I am always present. I am I am uh, always with you. And what am I about? Comfort. Think of the Holy Spirit. He is the comfortor. Um, and, and who are you that you are afraid of man who dies of the son of man who is made like grass? Now that's not son of man, Jesus, but mankind. Don't put your hope in, don't put your trust in what man can do, what you can do. Put your trust always in God. Verse 15 reminds us again, present tense, I am, there it is again, I am the Lord your God. I stirred up the seas and the waves. Um, think of how he took care of uh, the Egyptian army. He tells us again in verse 17, now, wake yourself, wake yourself, stand up, O Jerusalem, that's us, from the hand of, um, uh, you have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath. Now remember, um, because Israel, because God's people um, had strayed away from God, um, God let his wrath out on them. They did fall into captivity and all of that. But notice what's going to happen. Um, God has come to console us. And then you go over to jump over to verse 21, therefore hear 
this, you who are afflicted, who are drunk but not with wine, drunk with the with the the um, the hardship of this life and the and the suffering and pain we have in this life. He says, "Behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering, the bowl of my wrath." Now, I gotta think that that's a reference uh, in in a long term way to Jesus, who drank the cup of God's wrath. Think of Jesus in Gethsemane, Lord. If there's some other way I can do this, uh, but if I have to drink that cup, I'd be willing. I'd be willing to drink that cup and he did it for us that's why we have hope that's where our peace comes from um, and God says I will put it into the hand of your tormentors in other words God's gonna now take his wrath out on those who torment them he's gonna he's gonna conquer them and defeat them and you and I win the victory through Jesus Christ so wonderful powerful chapter of just back and forth God speaking to us us crying out to God and God answering with his comfort and there's more to come Let's get ready for uh, tomorrow as well.